FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 234 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason Ven... Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) Georgie was subbing in on the extra snicked. Ah, and speaking of which, you know, it's a philosophy of mine. That one single podcast should never go too long between Georgie appearances. So I'm here to fix that. So, joining me, and of course, the lovely Dan... From the Inner Comics podcast for Resurrection Week Six is my guiltiest of pleasures, Georgie V. Hey, Georgie. Hey guys, nice to talk to you. It's been quite a while. <laughs> how you doing? Pretty good. How are things out? How are things on the the Best Coast, Georgie? Best Coast. I like <laughs> that band. Have you ever heard of Best yeah, Coast? Yeah, I do like that band. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's warming up. It's the good part of Cali- uh, California season has started. Oh. So it's it's nice, yeah. Very good, very good. And Dan, how are? I guess I should use another um, another lame geo- geographical explanation. How are things across the pond, Dan? Oh. Um, murky. <laughs> <laughs> For one of a better word. Lovely. It's it's all lovely and amazing here. We're about to have a general election, and the devil the devil herself is probably going to win. So oh. we're all good here. That's good. We want to have as many devils in control as possible, right? Oh, pretty much. <laughs> then they can, like, duke it out in some sort of... South park uh, yeah, battle royale. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you guys both for coming on um, and talking about this week's Resurrection comics. Uh, we're going to talk about X-Men Gold, number four, and Generation X, number one, which I think you guys are both excited about. So we'll see if that excitement... Um. Stayed at all, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So we'll start off with uh, X Men Gold number four, which um, right before we we re- restarted, uh, I got a bombshell. Uh, Dan has not read, and Georgie read, but has not read the first three. So you know, we'll make it all up somehow, right? <laughs> right. I can ask I can ask pointed questions about there you go about the book. Ask pointed questions. Well, do you have it to flip through? You can maybe do a flip book while we go through it. I, I've got it right in front of me with Gambit's um, charming mug. Oh, yeah. Charming 90s looking mug, right? But, um, yeah, so anyway, this is a Techno Superior, oomch, 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 part one, <laughs> uh, which, of course, is written by Mark Guggenheim and penciled by R.B. Silva, each by Adriano Di Benedetto. Colorist by Frank Martin, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Somewhere Denise is saying woohoo, and um, woohoo. <laughs> and the cover is by uh, Arnie and Seoff, Jay Shh, listen, and Frank Martin. And I, it is very '90s looking as far as just the yes. design on Gambit, but I still actually like the cover quite a bit. So Gambit is basically a close-up on Gambit's mug, as Dan said, and he's holding up three cards and these playing cards. Our X-Men themed, which I kind of, I, I think more than liking this cover, I just want this deck of cards. Um, and so it has Old Man Logan as a king, which I'm not sure that fits, but it's a cool, it looks cool. 
And then, of course, Kitty Pride as the Queen. And then Nightcrawler as the Jack. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty sweet-looking deck. The only thing is on the, it's on the upside-down hand, the claws look great. But on the right-side-up hand, yeah. he has two <laughs> claws on his hand and one cutting out of his thumb, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- this cover, <clears throat> just there, there are a few things. Part of, of the cover, it's it's like this mix of 90s and, like, current. Yeah. And it artworks-wise, it's the reason that I have spoilers, problems with some of the artwork here. We'll have some really cool-looking new stuff, and then we'll get a whole bunch of, like, hash mark, like, scratchy stuff, like you, you can see on, on Gamut's left side of his face, the right side, you know, the way that we're looking. Right. That looks It looks old and 90s. And it, it just doesn't, like, to me, it doesn't always match up very well. Yeah, I, I can see that. I was definitely, yeah, definitely like the 90s uh, Gambit whiskers. You know, the, right. the, the I shaved but two days ago. Um. Mm. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up is, did you guys see that Pete Holmes, he had those, those segments, the X-Men segments where Professor X was firing people? Yes. And he said, what's with the, Gambit, what's up with your gloves? Go fingerless or, or, or <laughs> no fingers? And, like... He's wearing those stupid gloves here in the in the um, the cover again. I just it, it brought back that Pete Holmes skit to me. Oh, yeah! Just looking at the first page, realized that he's not doing that in the comic. They're just regular. Right. They're regular hobo gloves where the the fingers are cut out. Right. All the fingers. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't even think about <laughs> that. I'm just so used to seeing gambit gloves that didn't even like register that it was weird to me. Good right. catch. Good catch. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a it's it does have its nineties. Totally, um, but you know, looking below the cards, he's wearing. I mean, this is just the nineties design because he's wearing the old. Oh yeah. Pink triangle like chest plate thing. Which I used to love. Like Havoc used to wear this, and a couple yeah. other people, and I was like, "What right. is this? This looks amazing!" You know, to like a nine-year-old. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where can I buy one? Right. In the 90s hair. Yeah, so the haircut, everything. This is just... I wasn't even thinking about it being, like, intentionally 90s, but it looks like it probably was. So, with the red red it eyes. Does scream, and, does scream by me because we might remind you of your childhood. Yes. Yeah. There you that's, go. That's what this cover See, reminds me of. Totally. Dan, Dan got his shovel. the eyes. The eyes look super 90s to me. Yes, very much. The black eyes with the red irises. Yeah. It's like... We know, go, we know blue is better, but please, you might like us. That's <laughs> right. Basically. Yep. You, Dan, you were, you got your shovel. You're digging down to the intent of the art, the, all the marketing <laughs> behind it. I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's exactly what's going on here. Um, I, still I, hate point out. I hate the triangle in the bottom uh, right corner. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. It annoys me. It's dumb. The other thing I wanted to point out was on the cards. Uh, the kitty card looks awful. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely the uh, the loser of the bunch. Yeah, but he makes Kitty throughout the the book look kind of he he does a lot of ugly face in here, and especially on Kitty, you're like, who is that? I don't recognize. Yeah, I don't know. Is it just me? No, I I, I can see that for sure. Of course, they're different artists, but um. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm just like drawing comparisons to the cover and, and what's right. inside. Yeah. Right yeah, now, I, I can no. definitely see that. Um. So, Army Silva, uh, interestingly, um, and thinking about him and Martin Guggenheim, and then I also thought about how Seahoff started this book, and I'm, I think I'm going to dub X-Men Gold, New 52 X-Men. 
Because it's, uh, it's all people that started like the new with the new fifty two launch, and now they're all doing uh, X Men stuff. Because Army uh, Silva did, um, he did that the new fifty two Superboy book, which I dropped pretty quick because of all the various iterations of Superboy, right? And there's a there's like a thousand different ways Superboy's been done, right? Uh, they decided to do one that was less interesting than all of those, so I was like, eh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but the art was actually really good. Like, R.B. Silva's uh, art in that initial run was really fantastic. Um, but yeah, so this is like, yeah, and of course, you know, Guggenheim doing all his his DC stuff that he's done. Um, yeah, so I won't lie, uh, we kind of opened this book, right? And I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool, like Gambit running around stealing stuff. Like, I can get right. behind this, and he's it's a newer design. He still has a trench coat, but he's wearing like his little hip toboggan on the back of his head. And, um, yeah, the hobo right. gloves are, all the fingers are out. And so he, he looks pretty. Is this, is this not like going against the whole remit of gold though, of them all looking like they did 20 yeah, years ago right, or 30 yeah. years ago? You're exactly right. He looks, he looks fresh out of a, uh, new, I don't know. New skateboard ad or something. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I like looking at the first page. We see a lot of like black outlines and some yeah. solid coloring, which is sort of more trendy recently. But then you face again. You see a lot of hash marking, and it's I just don't understand what what they're trying to do. It's like a mismarriage of of coloring and and, and inking, or I, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, so, yeah, you're exactly right. So, like, on the first page, we have that, like, that second panel, which I thought was really cool, where, like, I mean, it's kind of Batman-esque, I guess, but Gambit drops out of, like, this air shaft, right? And he drops down to the floor, and his, like, uh, trench coat is trailing behind him, and it's all in black. But then at the bottom of that page, when you're looking at, like, Gambit's, the close-up on his chin, like, you're exactly right, Georgie, it's all that kind of, like, um, just scratchy... Yeah, it just doesn't seem to fit with the coloring of the rest of, of the page. I just don't understand. Yeah, yeah, everything's very... Maybe it's to represent his beard. I think you're probably <laughs> right. It's just... Man, that's a patchy beard. <laughs> <laughs> he is a hobo. Right. <laughs> and, of course, he gets busted by, like, uh, Robocops um, with their floaty balls. And... Um, you know, of course, he's not going to go down without a fight, and he lights up some cards and throws it at him. Um, I do really like the like uh, Gambit's attitude is, is pretty spot on for Gambit. You know, whether you like him or not, this feels right. And then after he blasts the dudes and he walks off whistling, like I was like, yeah, that's Gambit. Like that's that's sure. what I want to see with the Gambit. But he's he's like demon gambit. Like the the, the page where he's throwing the, the cards, there's a close up of his face that looks like like disproportionate and, and like evil or like I mean ugly is a bad word, but it, there's something off. Yeah. And and the the page where he, he picks up the little little vial, once again he looks like evil, like distorted face. I don't know what's going on. It looks like his face is melting. It looks like he got some weird disease that melted his face. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he finds basically the X-Men version of the mother box. What, what are those called? Like shadow, shadow bo- ghost boxes, ghost boxes. So he finds a ghost box hovering somewhere and takes a little piece out of it. And uh, then we switch to uh, Georgie. What are, what are our heroes doing 
Ben's gonna love this. Starting the Serpent Society. <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> Those classic I don't know, they, are, they just are. Yeah. Right, I, I, I have I have one question. I do actually have one question. Yeah. When Silver's art become like Immerman's? Yeah, that's yes, all it does a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of the the different inking, right? Like I don't know. I don't know who who this uh, Benedito guy is, but um, yeah, I don't know. But I, especially in the faces, I saw a lot of Eminem. Um, but off, right? It looks, it looks right. something's wrong. Right. Yeah. But um, <laughs> like Shadow Cat right here in the top is like, it doesn't look like her at all. Right. But then that panel of Kitty kicking um. I don't know. I don't know all their names, but I don't either. <laughs> the KP, the KP guy, like that's an imminent face. Like, oh, that's a that's an awesome shot there. Yeah, it is. It's great. So anyway, then, why, the whole uh, book, I'm just like, oh, there's like really great artwork, and then there's what is going on here with this face? It like fluctuates back and forth to me. I just don't. It doesn't feel like they really like synced up the artists on this. Right. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. But um. Can I ask? A question. I'm sorry. When did she become prestige? Uh, with when this book, issue one. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's new to this. So the, the the question you should ask yourself is, when why does she have that mask <laughs> thing? I, I don't. Oh, and there was that as well. There's no good reasons. Um, just because Guggenheim. That's why. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, they easily mop the floor with the Serpent Society, which. You know, maybe a little sad remembering all those old Captain America books where they're actually a little bit formidable. But um, they they show their superior power and, and knock them out. But it's like it's like they couldn't fight. They got wasted by really rubbish Brotherhood. But there's more Serpent Society, but they can't, and less X Men, but they still win. And right. The Brotherhood was rubbish, like literal rubbish. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Guggenheim, obviously, once. Yeah. So then we uh, switch scenes to CSI X-Men, where um, <laughs> we have, a, a, I guess, a detective, and then Storm and Old Man Logan um, looking at... I'm just staring at some, some dead dude's junk. Yeah. <laughs> they all are... That table's are... really high. That table is way too high. Right? <laughs> and Logan's like, his dead feet stink. Yeah, there's another panel at the bottom where you see the the guy's foot and Logan looking at him, and he's he's staring directly at his penis. You can tell. Yeah, and then Storm busts out the old XSE badge, which I haven't thought about those in. Well, I tried to forget about those. Yeah, what are those? That's that's all like Bishop stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah. like there was um, what was it? The Extreme X Men. And then that led into, like, the Bishop story where they, uh, what was it? Not, there was that book, District District X. X. Yes, yeah. And so they're basically, like, the somehow legal self-policing mutant force. I don't really remember how they kind of got around being able to operate on American soil, but somehow that all happened. Anyway, I guess Storm found the badge in her drawer. I was like, "Hey, let's let's start using this again." <laughs> but her, All right. This sure. Yeah, you know, I've decided. I've I've been trying to put my 
my finger on what exactly bugs me about Guggenheim's dialogue. I decided, I, I've realized what it is. Everyone in this book talks like David Caruso from CSI Miami. <laughs> Logan's like, what's the COD here? And he even has that thing where he's not looking at who he's talking to. Right, yeah. <laughs> so all, all he needs is to put on some shades and say, go, uh, what's the COD here? Inability, inability to fly after falling off a building. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then, I'm, I'm amazed that they, they have like... Um... I think I've skipped ahead, Paige, because it's still looking at the body. The table's obviously shrunk since they moved yes. perspective. Yes. But, um, when these being mutants, um, Storm and Logan seem to have like um, Mel Gear Solid almost animations around their heads of yeah, shock. That is weird. Like weird little bits of metal. Oh, yes. Green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there is out, some ugly people in this book. Right. So I, yeah. I told you. <laughs> it's relevant because the next the next scene the next scene that has ugly people in. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So we find out anyway these bullets were super military bullets that were bought off the dark web, and um, that's all you need to know. That's the, that's your explanation. So uh, Gambit Georgie um, meets his buyer. And she's a yep. smart, sexy businesswoman. Who but, also happens to be the granddaughter of Bolivar Trask. Yeah. And so Gamma's like, oh, I don't like the sound of that. Why'd I buy you this empty vial anyway? And she's like, oh, it's not empty. And on cue, you see the nanites. And then you get a little close microscope like view of the nanites. And they have thinking technology, but only if they interface with AI. And Gamma's like, he starts doing the math and accuses her of building new sentinels. She's like, no, I just want to weaponize them. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't like that either. And so he, he starts throwing cards and um, gets shot. Then the vial drops and breaks and goes into the computer. I do like that face of her calling him an idiot. It's very animated, but I don't know. It looks kind of cool to me. Which one is that? Uh, right when the vial drops. I mean, get that. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Crash. She got the yeah. And she's like, you idiot. Yeah. And then, of course, the nanites uh, interface with the computer, get a life of their own. And, and then that's the last we see of that for a bit. So then we go back to Central Park and um, Colossus has enlisted Cecilia Reyes to try to interrogate. What I thought this whole time was that Predator X guy, but it turns out it's just some alien who's not a mutant. Okay, so can you let me know who this is? Like, when did this character show up again? All right, so he also was um, indigenous to issue one, and uh, he was part of the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants that they fought in the first three issues. Okay, and... so um, recently, I have a theory. Recently, we've had uh, the ultimate... Son of Wolverine comeback, right? Oh, uh, okay. And we've had, I think, a couple other. It feels like other little, you know, ultimate. Yeah, yeah. We have Evil Reed, back. right? Evil Reed's jumping around somewhere, and Miles, right? and yeah. I feel like there was something else recently that was introduced from from there as well. But uh, oh, it was maybe it was in the Ultimates. There's a hint that the Ultimate Universe is still out there. But I saw this guy, and I was like, wait a second. They say he's not a mutant. Is this Ultimate Spider-Man's Green Goblin? Oh, 
It definitely kind of looks like it. Did he have a tail? No, but who knows what, what other transformation he's gone through. I don't know. True. I mean, he wasn't, he's bigger than this as well, but just just a, a theory. Huh. Any thoughts? Probably not, but I wish you were right. <laughs> I would yeah, love. it'll be some absolute. It'll be some absolute bullshit linked to Guggenheim's last attempt at X Men when he went sent them into space. Right. And they fought all those alien people. Yeah, um, that's probably more more likely. Your theory, your theory is better, but alas, <laughs> yeah, better should... is not what this book does. <laughs> we should start a hashtag campaign of make the make this ultimate Green Goblin. I don't know. But yeah, that that would be really cool because they could go all maniacal and they could do a crossover with Miles. I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty sweet. Um, alright, so then our nanites turn into a giant sentinel. Um, as Gambit, or Rachel patches Gambit's thoughts into the team. He's getting his butt whooped, and yeah. Any any other thoughts on the story itself, Georgie? Like anything I missed? Um. Up to this point, nothing really sticks out. It's you know, I don't want to spoil my overall view of the comic, but it's just it just kind of stuff happens and it's just there. It's nothing really of ending happens throughout the book. Right. It just keeps I progressing. I do, do love the magma pages or panels. Yeah, I think she's she's drawn beautifully. Quite a lovely panel. Yeah. No, no, no. Like there there are images in here that are great. But uh, like overall artwork, it's it's a mixed bag for me. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, for example, that that scene of Gambit getting shot out the side of the building, that's a great panel. And then literally right below it, the last panel of Rachel is like, oh, what's going on there? So yeah, this it does just seem very inconsistent. And I don't know. Like I don't. And that kind of goes back to then. So was this like a planned issue? Was this a after X-Men Gold came, number one came out and all the hubbub, and they're like, oh, we need someone else to draw number four. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, may, I mean, maybe Silver was a little rushed. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I knew, I know they weren't okay. planning on having the same artist all the way through, so he could have already been scheduled, but I, I just don't know. But I'm, I'm exactly with you. There are parts of the book that look fantastic. And then there are parts of the book that just look like not as much attention was given to. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely how it feels. Yeah. And and story-wise, though, it just sort of uh, peters off. I like it. I there's nothing in here that's like grasping me that no. makes me want to keep reading. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so for me, it started off fun. Like I was like, okay, Gambit still and stuff. You know, it's going to tie uh-huh. back into the story. That's kind of interesting. Then you find out it's nanites. That's not too bad. You know, it's, it's Trask, so, you know, you know there's going to be some kind of Sentinel something. Even when she says there's not, you're like, yeah, you wouldn't be in the story if there wasn't. And so, <laughs> so you know, that that's going to happen. And, the, you know, the Nanites, like, forming their own Sentinel, like, evolving. I don't know. It's okay, I guess. Haven't um, we already had mutated Sentinels? Well, in X-Men Blue, but we can't just keep saying X-Men Blue is doing X-Men Gold better, even though they are. <laughs> It does have a letters page. I've noticed it has a letters page. Yeah, and people, so, of course, they only print um, people being excited about the book. Um, no, no, no. There's, there's a response that says, sorry, sorry we didn't live up to expectations. Oh, okay, good. good. Uh, that must have been from you. It's been negative. 
Can I? Um, oh, sorry. interesting. He says, and that the guy oh. that, that doesn't like it, he says, this is the X-Men I grew up with, but not. I, I can get behind some of that, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, George. Yeah, I cut you off there. Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to, while we're looking at the book, go over all the X, X books that are coming out. Okay, uh, yeah. Because we've got a list here, right? Like, yeah. streaming down here. And I was wondering, have you guys read all of these? Are you reading all of these? Where Where are you at? I have so far. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I've, read, I've read all, I think. Yeah, the so Cable as well? Cable hasn't come out yet. He's not out. No. He comes out, oh, in a couple of weeks, looks like. Is that Iceman as well coming out in a couple of weeks? Yeah, it comes out in June. Okay. Um, Old Man Logan switches over to the new team uh, in June. And then Starchy X is not until July. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. July. I can't believe it's July. Wow. Someone's taking their time with the art. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I, so what's our... We'll give a quick report card here. Um, X-Men Gold. Bleh. X-Men Blue. Awesome. Weapon X. Surprise of the line. Um, all new Wolverine just rock steady like it has been. Generation X will see. And Jean Grey, I like more than I'm allowed to tell my wife. <laughs> Are you cheating on your wife with Jean Grey? No, 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 but I was pleasantly like, oh, this. I mean, really, I'm more interested in the Phoenix than I am in her, but you know, whatever. Uh-huh. All right, well, um, yeah, so I thought, I will say, Dan, I know you haven't read this one yet. Um, I felt like there was enough here, and when I give my grade, I'm not going to blow this out of the water, but I would say, to me, this is my favorite issue of the four. Wow. So it's like a three rather than a two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect, because that's what I was thinking as well. Like, nothing was great in here. I mean, there are a few, like, nice panels, but nothing was really terrible. It was just sort of, eh, like, yeah. average, yeah. uninspired. Like, I was giving it, a, like, a three as well. Okay. So, yeah, so three out of six claws for both of us. Dan, you'll get an honorary three just for being here. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be honest, when it, it plays with my emotions, and I think that's the whole point. is things like Mars and such forth, and I'm like, oh, are they going to be in the cast? They won't be. You won't see them again. You won't see the bears again until they actually roll, he rolls her out again. <laughs> right. But, like, it plays with my emotions. I'm like, oh, maybe it'd be the team might actually be better. Like, so... Yeah, it was very interesting. Monitor, yeah. Like move some people around, maybe. It'd be nice. But well. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Magma will have some more to do, and I don't know. Hopefully, some of the characters that are in here will have some more to do. <laughs> I still feel like I mean Rachel's just there to sidewink people every now and then, and um, Storm's did, just there to find old badges. I don't, I don't really know what. Did, did, did Nightcrawler say more than two sentences? Uh, no, no, I don't think really. so. No. Maybe three. They are wasting him. <laughs> they are wasting yeah. him. Yeah. Well, Colossus as well. They're just sort yeah. of... I, two weeks ago, to sort of go on a tangent, two weeks ago, I had... had and I went to the doctor, and they said... Uh, went over like a little exam. They're like, you know what? This is probably appendicitis. You need to go to the emergency room right away. And I was like really worried. And I went to the hospital, all the having tests, MRI, turns out not appendicitis. 
you know, <laughs> <laughs> my point is, <laughs> I feel like they're like the appendix of 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 the comic book. They're just left there, like unnecessary. Um, about Storm. She's like Storm in X-Men 1 where she's special effect. Yeah. And this one, she doesn't even get to do that. She literally she's here is she just a bishop stand-in, which is maybe all the way the worst that you can do with her. <laughs> just <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Nightcrawler's only line is 10 seconds out. Really? Oh yeah. the line as well, right when they're fighting. Oh, why? Oh, is that him? Okay, maybe that's... He says, what do you mean? He says, what do you mean, kitty? And then they go into fights, and then he said, appreciated by all the kachin. Oh, and, that's uh, Colossus has four. <laughs> the Worm has three. Right. So basically, well, no free to get lines. Yeah. I'm not happy, but... That's At least Nightcrawler is smiling. At least we're done with Jeff Lemire's emo crawler. So. Uh, armored emo crawler. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, one one question I do have yeah. though about the book in general, about the possibly the gestation of the book is, I actually have no. I generally four issues in. I haven't read this one, but you telling me that they had the speed. Guggenheim wants those three characters, but was given. Uh. He wants Kitty. Uh-huh. Clearly, he wants Old Man Logan, clearly, and he must want Rachel, or she wouldn't be there. Uh-huh. Um, and she obviously has more to say and do. So there's three characters he definitely wants. I just don't think he wants the other from the others. <laughs> I just, I don't think he, no, because he's brought people out who have more... It looks like Cecilia Reyes speaks more than some of the actual main cast. And... and, and uh-huh. um, Magma has had, looks like she has more character development than Storm has had in four issues, and she's not she's in, she's not even in the book as the main character. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking that he has other people that he wants to use. Huh. Then he should just do that. <laughs> just... Yeah, I, I just feel like it's the remit. The you can only have these people, right? Sort of thing. Yeah. This is where Storm got put. You got to use her, right? I don't know. Yeah, not to always beat the drum. Instead of using x Blue as an example, I'll use Weapon X. I feel like um, Pac was given specific characters and then he was allowed to choose some, uh, hence why probably Warpath's there right. or, or Lake Deathstrike. Um, but he can handle his characters and Guggenheim, he makes it seem like he wants all of his characters. Whereas there are set, throughout comics, we've all noticed this. Some writers have obviously been told you have to have so-and-so in, the, in, in this book. Um, Hickman and Wolverine. Oh my God, he did not want to use Wolverine ever. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Um, and and so it was kind of like and he eventually didn't, right? He eventually got a kind of just wrote him out of the book, you know. Um, I I feel like this is the same with Guggenheim, unless we get like because it just doesn't seem right that Storm is just sidelined. No, and it's like nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Let alone. Yeah. They want he wants what? Kitty to be the leader, right? Kitty's, I don't know. The Storm yeah, but I mean, can, like, I don't mind Kitty being the leader. Storm, but Storm can be a strong be... presence on the team without being the leader. Like that's that's not her only role. Oh like, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, he doesn't know what else to do with yeah, Storm. No, I, if she's I, not I, the leader, then what is she going to do? Right. And I'm, I think I think I'm kind of hostily agreeing with you. Is that I, I think that too many people just say, "Oh, well, Storm has been leader before," and 
I know what to do with that, but when she's not leader, like, what's she going to do? <laughs> have, her, is, have her be a, be a goddess. Like, she should right, have right. her be the mother, have her be the matriarch. Like, she's the she heart. Like she's the big sister to Kitty, right? Yes. Yeah, she's the heart and soul. You've got three characters who are essentially the heart and soul of the X-Men, and you are not using them. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> Generally, I find it. I know it's only four issues in, but like Chuck Austin did better in four issues. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least I got the four issues. Uh, what is it? Black was it? Black Panther and uh, and the what's it called? The crew. Uh, and, yeah, they were cancelled the after the what the first or second issue. Really? Did you hear that? I didn't <laughs> hear that. I'm not too surprised, um, but I didn't hear it. That's too bad. It's a good. I really, I really like the way it's written. But yeah, I really like the way it was written. But I didn't think it would like. I thought it was going to be a mini series anyway, from the way it's written. So, well, it is now. I guess that's too bad. As long yeah, as long as now. they don't touch the main series, because I'm loving that book. Alrighty, All right. I guess well, we're kind of yeah. done with this, huh? Yeah. So on to Generation X, which will be a lot better, right? Um, Generation X number one. So. Mm. Let's talk about this just kind of conceptually a little bit. So, I won't go into too much detail. I've kind of gone through my comics collecting chronology on the podcast several times. But, um, basically, um, you know, I collected as a youngster for a long time. And uh, at some point, late high school, going into college, I kind of quit. Just did other things instead. And then, almost immediately after I graduated college, I was like, Sitting around looking for stuff to do one day and went to a comic shop and just kind of bought a couple X-Men just because. And uh-huh. then very quickly was kind of just back in. <laughs> and so, but the reason I bring that up now is because I know from previous other podcasts that um, Dan, and I think George have an affinity for them as well, but Generation X, like the original, was kind of your introduction, Dan, to the X-Universe, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd obviously um, played in... It's weird because I talked about this actually yesterday when someone asked me about comics, but um, I played with the sandbox of comics before and mum saw that Batman may have been too violent, so I ended up going to Spider-Man and then that was kind of not really my thing. And then the X-Men were there and I jumped in, but it wasn't until like Generation X where it felt like it was... They're my new mutants. They nice. are my original right. team if you know what I mean I was at the right age at the right time in the right comic book shop and that was there it's awesome art front cover and just awesome artwork I don't know how he's become such a bad artist anyway no um, let's not digress <laughs> I <laughs> take that back son <laughs> I'm gonna stay but out of that it, one it, <laughs> I, you're not loving the uh, Doctor Strange about yeah, this I, wrong with you yeah um, that's one of my favorites too but anyway, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't read it. Sorry. Um. Anyway. Um. Right, I forgive you. I, I, you have, have bad taste in comics. You don't like the Thor books. <laughs> I, I love Thor. We get it. I love, I love Mighty Thor. I love it when it's Jane. I just. Didn't. Um. But yeah. Um. See, even even Ollie doesn't agree with me. You know, um, I, I I gotta stop it just for a second. So Ollie is walking around with a little like plastic foam golf club. And he just Donatelloed it like a bow staff. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, so so yeah. So in contrast to that, in contrast to Dan's experience, 
By the time I got back into comics, I basically missed Generation X. I think it was on issue like 65, and it only Uh went 75. So, you know, at that point, I was like, I'm not going to buy a book that's 65 issues in. Like, I don't have enough enough invested in this. So I've since gone back and read some of it, but I don't have the nostalgic connection to this title, concept, whatever that, that Dan has. And I think, George, you have some of that too, right? Right. I mean, I was really into X stuff for, like when the, when the show came out, um, it was like with the kids that I grew up with, it was huge. Right. And people started reading comic books in, in the car. They would collect cards as well. And I got really into the books. So all the like event stuff that would happen every summer, I got, got into when the Flanks Covenant came out. I read all that. Oh, nice. Like the yeah. introduction to, you know, the characters of, of Generation X. So I had like six issues or whatever of like knowing some of these guys. And then Generation X came out and time I was, I don't know, 10 years old or something, 11 maybe. And uh, so that book started and I, I read, that, I don't know, the first 20 issues or whatever uh, that was. But that was that was my team to like we're starting from scratch i'm perfect age for it i love jubilee there's some cool artwork going on Let's see how this story progresses and so uh, and, and that the, greatest, the greatest thing for me was there's an englishman in it there you go and i know that's oh, great i know that's great because obviously uh, yeah. betsy and stuff beforehand it was mm. nice even though he was the most stereotypical goth english guy you could possibly ever put in anything <laughs> yes um, he was just—it was just nice to see someone international. Because um, obviously, in this country, we got the animated series a bit later. I think I was eleven when Generation X came out, um, which I have no idea if we're the same age, Georgia. Now, my mind boggles. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, the, the the show came out later, so when I was like X Men, Generation X was there, very timed to like be injected into my brain and. I just thought they were so cool. They were cooler than the X Men. There's a guy who had fire coming out of his chest. A guy right. who could rip his skin off. You know what I mean? And I was just like, these guys are awesome. That, that's, <laughs> that's one of my big problems with the new book is the characters are shit. These generation, the original, yeah, the original Gen X characters had, and we had much more time to get to know them. Like even the first Gen X issue was like a double sized issue or something. Like I read it this. And it's, there's a lot going on in that first issue. So, I mean, we haven't gotten to see these new characters. haven't gotten to see them for very much. Um, but the, the original Gen X characters, I had, like, issues and issues, and they were able to delve into them a little bit more. So when that first issue came out, like, I already knew who they were. But even that first issue, there's, like, some awesome action happening, and you start to learn about the characters, and you, like, as a, as a person, fall into it. I, I, I didn't have the extra Phalanx Covenant whatever stuff beforehand, so I just had issue one, which was huge. Yeah. Uh, the biggest comics I had, comic I had ever touched in my life, it would seem. And it was just like, well, M's the bitch, Jubilee's awesome and wears awesome little fluffy slippers, um, um, Sink, Sink and Husk are awesome, Chamber's my favourite character of all time, and even and I was like, and I feel a little sorry for Skin, because he looks like a melted candle. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, Emma Frost is like the best, awesome teacher. And I know Banshee from the shit series, and it's cool to see him actually yeah. do more than just scream. And I was yeah. in love with it. And the bad guy looked like a fucking serial killer with his giant. 
oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like he's awesome too, and his little minion dude that drove him around. And you're right. If I didn't know any of these characters, and I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the Ian test like I did with X Men Blue, I think, and put this in my hands as a, as an eleven year old, I think I'd just be like, hmm. Sort of like, hmm. They all just look. Meh. I think iBoy would probably be the guy that I'd be like, well, at least he looks fun or interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because everyone else is like generic horns on the heads and shit. Yeah. Some of these guys are from previous, previous generation. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then oh. the, the new X-Men or Academy X or whatever. And then yeah. there's stuff that some of the kids from uh, Morrison's run. Right. And, right. Um, stuff like that. So, yeah. So, so I'm trying so, to jump in one more, one more thing, but, yeah. um, even when uh, Gen X, after like the first five issues or whatever, uh, uh, of Apocalypse happened, right? And yeah, right. Then we had four issues of like X or Generation Next, I think it was called. Yeah. Which were also done by the same creative team, which were like used most of the same characters, which is also like it's one of my favorites. Uh, so like even when you put them in a whole other setting, it was still like an, an interesting story happening. Where this first this issue we're reading right now is just kind of there. Yeah, yeah. So, I think what annoys me the most is there's nothing. There's no one original. Like obviously we've got Jubilee, which is the connection to. If we're looking at the front cover, right, you know, which we all probably have the same. We have Jubilee, which to the old fans is the connection between the right. title and this new book. She's the she's the glow to like bring us the old fans in. But it's obviously Vampire Jubilee. Um, with slight Wolverine hair going on, but, um, and then you've got Bling, who I think was made halfway through, like you know when the school was opened up, and Morrison had just left. Yeah. And Claire and uh, there's someone else who took over, and she was just ran- Bling was just randomly wall wallpaper for the school for <laughs> quite some time. I think there was like a storyline with her and Gambit. Um, so there's hair from random for random run essentially you have the boy that Bendis created which was the shapeshifter you have Morrison's Quentin Quire who is literally in everything I've just yep. read him in four yep oh really oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah. he's, he's in four, four yeah yeah and he's, he's in Jean Grey he's going to be in Jean Grey as well so he's actually like the Wolverine of it Nature <laughs> Girl and High Boy which are Aaron's um Wolverine and the X-Men characters yeah and then we have the only original character who is the most generic character with the <laughs> most generic power you could I, possibly imagine. I didn't care like, about him, I, yeah. Like, Psycho yeah. Uh, is, is just... Do you know what reminds me of Psycho Is that Emma Frost's sister had it in Generation X. It was her power. Because mm. um, I read all the way up to... Oh, well. Uh, F.S. Inch, really. And that was it. You still here? Yeah, yeah, I'm alive. Okay. You, you fell off for a second there, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so this one, Generation X number one, which, you know, kind of a cheat for our podcast, but, you know, we're doing all the resurrection stuff. And Jubilee's, uh, she's basically a supporting Wolverine character anyway, right? She's part of the Wolverine right, family. Very much. Yeah. So this is uh, written by Christina Strain, which I will admit, as far as I know, this is the first thing I've read by her. Uh, also, first time I've seen this artist, um, uh, I'm going to say Almacar Pena, Pena maybe, uh-huh. I'm not sure. Uh, colors by Felipe Sobrero. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, so I apologize. And, uh, Almacar sounds like a very British name. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. What is? Amilcar. A M I L C A R. I'm pretty sure it's South American. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. It doesn't sound British. Um, <laughs> do you know? Christ- uh, by the way, Christina Strain used to um, is a colorist. She used to color Wonder Ways. Oh, mm. okay. That's cool. uh, I think this is her first writing gig, and um, ah. I think Pino is. Oh God, what book is it from? She's like an indie. And what, yeah, indie? you can tell. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. So anyway, also, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and the cover is by the Dodsons. Um, uh-huh. and I thought the cover was fine. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's there. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it's cool because the Dodsons drew Generation X. Ah, um, okay. That is kind of cool. So I quite like the fact it was Dodge, the Dodgers that was doing this. I, to me, that was kind of cool because when they gave... Oh, God, this is... The, you can tell I was in love with the book. Um, when they gave the kids superhero costumes, like red mm-hmm. uh, red costumes with yellow, it was the Dodgers that drew that first arc. And oh. Um, and so I was kind of like, oh, cool. It's nice to see them back. as like a nod to the series sort of thing. Then I look inside. I'm like, mm, it's not the Dodgers. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, if we're nitpicking the cover, uh, one thing I just want to say is, is, is Jubilee have like a lollipop in her mouth? I think it's a toothpick. Oh okay. no, I think you're right because her cheeks all punched out. But that's the point. The the way the stick is sticking yeah. out, the lollipop wouldn't be in that part of the mouth. No, <laughs> it's like a back unless she bit it in half. Like if she bit the stick, like the stick broke. I don't know. Maybe it's a bone. She's a vampire. True. <laughs> it is a little bone. That's part, it's like the, the bone is like a L bone or something, and it's <laughs> part of it's bone. Just trying the marrow out. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And squirreling it away for next time. I don't know. It, it is a weird face. It is a weird face. Speaking of her being a vampire, so we open up in Central Park. How is she outside? Oh God, yes. Okay, let me see if I remember this correctly. Okay. Marvel vampires don't die at sunlight or something. But oh. that depends on what you read. Because if you read Captain America and MI-13, Dracula doesn't invade Britain because it's sunlight. So he has to make it like dark. Right. I believe they've gone over... Is it the necklace? From last time, I remember, was... Like, she's she can stay out in the sun, but it's painful for her. Okay. But she, like, deals with it. I wonder if it's the necklace. Maybe the necklace is, like, the magic sunscreen. Secret Wars just, like... Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Secret Wars should have retconned the whole vampire thing. Agreed. Yes, I... Yeah, 100%. 100%. Anyway, she lost her kid, and... uh, Chamber helps her find him. Um, can, I, can I just point out a massive um, artistic error? Okay. Chamber oh. has neck showing. Chamber has neck showing. Oh, yeah. Oh. He does Is have it, neck showing. Yeah, maybe a coloring error? I don't know. There'll be a coloring error, I think. Okay. But um, I was like, okay. Oh. So he just, he's just caught then, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Shogo accidentally pulls on the scarf and he like lets out a little fire burp. Right. Fire burp. <laughs> so, what do you guys, uh, the artist here? It's very different than the cover, obviously. Right. I think, apart from that weird one where her eyes don't seem to match level. Right. But I think she's supposed to be pulling a face there. I think it's quirky and maybe carry the concept, the concept of it being a misfit class. Right. But every face is almost the same. A lot of fisheye lens looking stuff yeah. in this book, which I wasn't. I'm, 
I won't lie. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't a huge fan. Um, and also, it's cleaner, so I don't, I don't want to disparage the guy. To me, there's almost an Igor Cordy influence, which is not really a compliment for me. <laughs> but some, some almost like some kinds intentionally ugly, maybe. And people, some people can do that really yeah. well. Some people can do like intentionally ugly really good. I don't know if this, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a few more issues for I pass final judgment, but I'm not excited about it. I'll just say that. The reason I mention is because when the original Gen X came out, uh, Bacalo's artwork was sort of interesting for the time as well. It was different. Right. And it gave the book like, like a unique flair. And I feel like this artwork as well, it has given it a unique, yeah, a unique style that. that. that's very, uh, Eon Flux looking to me. That's what I was trying to think of. Yes, you nailed it, Georgie. So, like, I, I feel like it's interesting, not in a bad way, but, like, I want to see more of it before I make a, a yeah. judgment to whether I like it or not, like you said, Jason. Uh, make me out to be the bad person, whether you burn. Well, you are. Uh, you're not going to give it a chance? No, it's not that. It's, like, I think it needs, um, it needs a good spark. To yes. make the artwork, right? Ah, uh, this is not this is not a good way to sell this art. True. No, no, agreed. True. Um, that it's not the art's fault. It has nothing to do with the art. It's just the art and the narrative don't sell each other at all. No, I think you need to go. Yes, I'm not going to say go big or go home, but go big with this <laughs> art. Kind of just like Generation X, where you like 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 um, where you see Sink and Skin fighting each other, wrapped in their own flesh. Oh yeah. Wrestling, smashing through a window. Such a simple panel, but it it, it, it sort of it, it eases you into the way that comic looks, mm-hmm. as opposed to like this is people walking. This is not easing me into the way this comic looks, especially after that cover. You're you're gonna have to. You, you need to do something. You need to really because like his his flashes of their memories mm-hmm. um, are nothing either. They're not even special. They're not even like sort of arranged in any meaningful. Sort of, well, they're in range in a logical way, but right. there's no flash, there's no flair. But the artist right. clearly has flair, right? A very unique style, but we have no flair to the story, so it's just not doing anything. Even Quentin later, where he's supposed to because he can make like psychic weapons, they're all very basic, basic standard weapons. Yeah, there's I no feel like imagination totally. The artist is trying to make this as interesting as he can, but. There's not a lot happening for him to make interesting. No. So it's basically like hindsight's first day at school. I mean, that's basically how you could sum up this issue. He's, yes. he's, he's coming to school. He's going to see what he thinks about it. Uh, there's some students getting a fight. Uh, Jubilee almost feeds the baby her blood bottle. Um, you know, uh, he meets Morph. They kind of go hang out. Of course, Morph starts looking like him, which they have a little bit of fun with that, I guess. I don't know. And the whole like yeah. dating app thing. Wasted. Yeah. And then Bling and QQ get in a fight over shoes, which I thought was pretty lame. Um, <laughs> but I do like, I kind of like the scene though where Nature Girl pops in with like all the ducks and geese or whatever. Like that was okay. I will right, take your silence as disagreement. Oh. It's it's fine. I don't, nothing nothing stands out to me. Right. Do you know what it reminds me of? Do you know what it reminds me of? Because I know she's the colorist of Runaways. The moment where uh, in Runaways, Nico Ten created a load of ducks t- as a distraction. That's all it reminded me of. Mm. 
So I was just like, originality. <laughs> like, generally, where's the... But I'm... I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too harsh. Maybe I'm just being too harsh. The one panel I do like is the one where, like, it's like honk, honk, honk. So many honks. Yes. And um, it's that one page spent. <laughs> I thought that was it's quite a nice, sure. quite a nice panel with eyeball, boy and stuff. I just I think that's what Jason was saying. The stuff, the ones he liked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Kitty threatens to phase her foot inside Quentin, and then the new kid weaves. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if that was my first day of school, I'd leave too. Yes. Well, he's a. He's about to be attacked by religious extremists, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet the so, villains of the first arc. The purifiers show up in Central Park. Yeah. They're going to purge the earth of the mutant plague again. Look, I mean... There's, there's like, the artist has flair, like we mentioned, but this story is just so sort of humdrum. Nothing happens. And the characters feel uninspired and boring. Like, I don't know what, what was the point of this book. Yeah. What were I, they trying to... I don't know. I think just to sell it. <laughs> but me, yeah. But you, like, no, like, but I agree. I there's no, like, there's no narrative, like, impetus, right? Right. To... What's the, the, the point of view of the book, right? Yeah, I don't know. Because if, if, if hindsight's, like, um, our art is our, mm-hmm. our viewpoint, um, he, he isn't... He, He's, essentially, he's written so above it all, and he doesn't give a damn where he is or what he's doing. Right. So it's kind of like rubs off on the rest of the narrative, right? And it, I just feel like like uh, morph shapeshifts cause he can, right? And I don't think he can help it, right? Doesn't he like automatically? Well, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean he shape. I mean, the the scene of him shapeshifting is just just oh. there. It's just there. Yeah. Shapeshift, not because it doesn't. It does have the whole. Oh, I can control it, but I seem to not be able to control it at the moment because I'm wearing a suit or whatever he says. Um, and it's kind of like if he is the geek or nerd, write him like one or something. Write him like it. Don't just. Right. He just seems like a. He just it seems like he seems like a lame duck, and he he's an interest uninteresting. The other guy is above it all, and they're the two characters that you spend a bit of time with mm-hmm. before you get to I must admit a very annoying because Quentin can be written too just too much right like he's overwritten sometimes and I feel like we're going to get a really annoying Quentin in this book yeah and then Bling um is super aggressive and lo and behold she's a lesbian so do you know what I mean <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> yeah I think I remember that. Cause didn't her and Anoli book. talk about that one time? Yeah, yeah, it's in a different book. But she, it'll, it'll come later that she's she's a lesbian, and it's like she's the super aggressive macho mm. one. It's like mm, uh, problematic. But that's not just representation. It's just like, oh, she's made out of stone, so she has to be super aggressive, or whatever it is she's made of. Yeah. And like, obviously, I think is Na- Nature Girl doesn't speak, does she? Oh, I don't think she, she's I don't mute. Know. I don't remember. But you don't. You won't know that. Your first issue. She just summons ducks or whatever. No, you're right. She doesn't speak at all, does she? In the in the book. Huh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And I, boy, does. If you're gonna if you're gonna use Eyeboy, you're going to have to use him, or he's just gonna be dead weight. 
in your yeah. book. Like Aaron, it happened to Aaron. He tried to use him and then he sort of ignored him and he's just a deadweight visual ent- entity. Right. Especially, and, and don't tease me with the shark girl in the background. Right. Um, and use iBoy instead. If you're going to use iBoy above shark girl, give me a reason to care. Because shark girl is visually more interesting and she's a shark and a girl, which is just better. Right. Every form. So speaking of that shark girl so, panel, that's more from the animated series, right? Is it? Isn't that what he looked like? Or did he have hair? I don't remember. The Age of Apocalypse, he was more like this. Uh, okay. But he had a cape, and he was like more cartoon. Oh, uh, okay. Cool. Thought, I thought it was Graham Alkin. Oh, maybe. The, yeah. You're probably young right. X-Men. But... Who, who knows? Yeah. I, I think the book doesn't... It's got its, it's, got its visual identity, mm-hmm. like set in stone, but it doesn't have a voice. Right. And it's the same problem that Gold had in the other direction. Or yeah. it doesn't feel like it has anything cemented. As opposed to... I, just like... Just like Jason was, I was sho- I was shocked the Weapon X hit hit hard as and as well as it did mm-hmm. for the first issue. But that because it had a clear defined purpose, and like you said, mm. Georgie, this feels rudderless. Rudderless well, is probably the right word. But maybe yeah. it's possible. I mean, this is really her writing debut. Maybe she just needs to get some traction. I don't know. I don't want to make excuses for it because I didn't particularly enjoy or not enjoy it, but. Uh, maybe maybe just needs more time. Maybe I'm just bored of old franchises that's disappointing yeah. me this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, well we'll save we'll save your score for last, Dan. What do you want to grade generation X number one, Georgie? I think I'm gonna give it like after let me, let me step back for a second. When I read this, Generation Works the first time, I thought, all right, it's a three. I read Gold the first time, I thought, eh, it's probably worse. Then I read Gold the second time, I was going through it, and I liked it a little bit more. Uh, then it, uh, And I may like this a little bit less. Okay. Can I give this like a, like a low three, if that makes any sense? Sure. Like, yeah. I don't feel the artwork's so interesting, and that I can't give it a two. I don't feel like it's that terrible, but... It's it's if it's a three, it's just barely a three. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm right there with you. Um, I oscillated back and forth between a two and a three. Um, y'all sold me a little bit more on the artwork because I really didn't like it the first time I read it. Um, but I kind of see some more of the quirkiness that you guys are talking about. So I'll I'll be nice. I'll give it three out of six claws. So Dan, our generation expert, when are you gonna give it? <coughs> I'll be British and give it two and a half. All right, there you go. Um, All right. <laughs> no, no, like, I, could, no, you, I could have easily said that, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> nah, nah. If I you're going like to go I... full, full numbers, I, I might actually give it a two because oh. I think the art carries it, but it doesn't carry it enough right. to to um, make me want to. I've got, I'm subscribed to it for a little bit, so I'm going to give it for a couple of issues. But the art doesn't want me to move on. It's just like, oh, it looks, it looks interesting. I put it down, and I'd never touch it ever again. <laughs> and that to me is two, is a two rather than a three. Because um, if I'm never going to go back to it, right? Um, it's not bad enough to be a one. 
because it looks love. It looks well. I'm not going to say lovely. It looks interesting enough to keep me reading right. to the end. But I think the core of it, the the, the narrative is just not there, and the characters are just shells uh. at the moment. And and me and you, Jason, have talked many times about good number one through a, sh- a load of number ones recently. Right. And I think it's unfair to those good number ones to be for me to be leaning on this because right. oh, well, it might. It might get better later when they can do it in an issue. They can do what they need to do in an issue, and this can't. Right. So yeah, that's fair enough. I'm be, you I'm talk, be a you talk me down. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, 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 mean, I think this artwork is hitting me more than you guys. So it's got me more interested, more, more positive. Right. Uh, that something could happen in the future. So I'm giving it a three. Is as like a, I've got a little bit of hope. But uh, not a lot of hope. So I, I think if she gets the team together mm-hmm. and gets them on like classroom mission, like taking them out on day trips or something, yeah, or doing some like have a set sort of specific because obviously the specific task is Jubilee look after these just worthless <laughs> no X Men people. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean that's obviously the no. It the feels path. like like Marvel's like, well, we have to do something with Jubilee. We don't really want to make her really like valuable anyway. Can we just give her? Some shit characters to watch over and just like be done with it. Because I like the, the, my my favorite hook, my favorite part of the whole thing is the idea that the moment where like Jubilee's feeding, trying to feed her blood, uh, sugar blood, and then he's, she's all like, oh, "I'm ready, I'm ready to teach the next, you know, mentor the next uh, group of X Men," and then it's like about that. <laughs> and I just thought that was a nice moment, like to transition into the basically the loser class. And I like the concept if that's the, like what they're going to go for. Yeah, no, yeah. It has yeah, that, that moment. That, that it doesn't treat the story that way, though. No, because <laughs> hindsight's like hindsight's like a supermodel, essentially, and he's all well, like I'm above it all. And you've got characters, you've got like Quentin, who's like an Omega level um, mutant, and it's. Is it like the remedial class, or is it just like the bad boys, or is it the misfits within the misfits? It's all over the place, and until mm. I think until it until the writer sort of squares in it on, in it all, rather than like writing for a trade and like gives us what we want, the meat of the concept. I don't think the book's gonna get past itself. That right. makes sense. Right. Yep. I'm just super harsh. I apologize. I, I don't think no, 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 I don't no. think it'll be too bad. I think it'll be very curious to see if this book doesn't get its legs pretty soon, if it'll be able to last. Right. Yeah. If something doesn't happen, issue two or three, like I don't see them like people continuing right. to buy this yeah. at all. Yeah. I think X Men Gold and X Men Blue will continue on mandate, uh-huh. right? Like whether they sell or whether they're critically received or not won't really matter. But I think a book like this will very much matter. Like its reception, its sales will, will determine its future. So it, it feels like it, it feels like it's the odd odd duck. Like, it yeah, should be definitely. Like the, um, Squirrel Girl or yes, um, Patsy Walker of the X Men corner, but it doesn't hit any of those notes. So people will probably have gone in thinking it's the kooky book, but then it's really the story is really kooky? generic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, totally. You just nailed it right there. Yeah. The uncookie cookie book. Yeah. yeah, it's got it's got the cookie cookie artwork. It's got the characters that should be cookie, but the story is not written that way. Right. No. 
Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think Ollie's having a little bit of a meltdown, so I probably ought to wrap this up, unfortunately. Um, no problem. So, uh, guys, thank you both, Dan and Georgie, very much for coming coming back Anytime. on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. And um, I don't know, Georgie, if you have any interest, uh, maybe you can come back. Uh, we're, we're fixing to hit that uh, totally awesome Hulk Weapon X crossover, if that interests you at all. But um, That could be fun. Yeah, but if, for sure, uh, we'll continue with our uh, our resurrection special episodes with uh, Dan, as, like I said, for pretty much as, as long as we can make it work. So, um, Georgie, yeah, I'd love to come back. Yeah, so Georgie, um, we will, we'll get you back on too. If, if be possible, uh, so sorry to keep you for a few more minutes, but no. um, Jason, you have uh, Marvel Unlimited, right? Yes. I don't have it anymore, but when I used to, they didn't have the uh, Generation X comics in it. Oh, bummer. Um, so I don't know if they are now, but um, you can get uh, like the first sort of trade of Generation X uh, in a book. You can just find it on Amazon, and it's got like the Flanks Covenant and like the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men issue where Jubilee says goodbye in the first like four issues of Generation X, like oh, a real cool. thick, hefty uh, tome here. Uh, I would totally recommend if you're interested in more of like a quirky, right. like uh, X-Men story. Right. Well, so my my plan, and is, this is a ways off, so I may skip ahead based on your recommendation. My original plan was just to wait till I got there in the flashback episodes and kind of read it mm-hmm. in time with the other stories. But I'm a good three or four years from that. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> so I may jump ahead a little bit just to kind of get more of a feel for what this book could be. And maybe, I don't know, that may be a disservice to what I'm trying to do now because if I read a really good Generation X book, that may make me hate this even more. I don't know. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah no, I definitely, well, to be, to be I fair, definitely I want to go back and read it at some point. So, I'm sorry, what was that, Dan? I said, to be fair, I went in saying it's not, in my head, going, this is not going to be the Generation X you fell in love with. Right, yeah. So it's just it's just a title. That's all it is. Right. Very good, very it, good. It, it, I've been burnt too many times making <laughs> up books with titles I like. So. Exactly. All right. Well, Georgie, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter. I don't even remember my Twitter handle anymore. Yes, you do. It's uh, at uh, LA Boy I Toy. Post. <laughs> I think it's LA Boy Toy. I yep. think. Yeah. LA Boy Toy. You might see me on the street. Yeah. It's uh, Santa Monica or LA. If so, say hello. Nice. Um, otherwise, I'll be around. Very cool. And Dan, watch you, watch you plug yourself. <laughs> um, innuendo everywhere. <laughs> um, I'll plug. I'll plug the podcast at Enough Comics Pod. Um, your audience clearly obviously listens to us by now, or should do. So there's no point in plugging anymore than right. that. <laughs> I'm shit at plugging things. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And what's your what's your personal Twitter? Um, at Gizmo fifteen eleven eighty three. You can send me how much I'm wrong about Generation X, if you want. Yeah. If there's any fans, please get in touch with me because I want to know. I have why. a feeling it's picked up by a lot of people. It's just going to tank after one trade. Yeah. yeah and I'm not thinking the quality reason. I just don't feel like people are like Generation X. Oh, Jubilee. I feel like it's, it's a niche market to begin with. 
So right. it's really hard for them to continue. And if, you if you're not satisfying that audience, I, I'm with you, Georgie. I think then you're in trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. Well, as usual, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can we find you and your and your your kids? Yeah, everybody's good, man. Um, Ethan's in the middle of baseball and basketball, finally coming to a close, which. Yeah, I'm always love going to the games and trying to help him, but I'm I'm due for a, a little summer vacation break. So uh, yeah, um, and then of course Ollie is he's our little daredevil. He's all over the place. I see many trips <laughs> to the ER. Um, the only thing he's scared of is the vacuum cleaner, which makes no sense. But everything else, he's like, I'll jump out of here. I'll crawl over. Here. You know, it's just no, no kind of concept of maybe I shouldn't do that yet. But you know, that's, I guess that's our job to teach him those things. So um, it'll all come with time. And um, yeah, but thanks for asking. And uh, as far as the podcast goes, um, you can always like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast, and the website is snickcast.podbean.com. And, um, yeah, so thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye, y'all. (laughs) Bye-bye. And snacked.